Okay, Erev Tov, everybody. Um, just before we begin, uh, I sent um, I sent a copy of some source sheets to the WhatsApp group of the list of the regular Tuesday ladies shear. Um, I'm not sure if everybody's on there. Um, so um, I'm gonna have to try and uh, work out a way to get this source sheet to everybody who's not there. Um, let's see how to do this. How would I do, how would I get all the sheets to everybody? Maybe you could put it in the chat. I, on the chat of the Zoom, you mean? Yeah. All right, let's have a look how to do that. I forwarded it to other Shira groups that it was advertised on. Okay, but. great. Um, can you put a chat or do I have to? Um, Danny just said she can. I'm on my phone, but Danny, that would be great if you could, please. Yeah, thanks. It'll be brilliant. All right, thanks, everyone. Okay. So, um, yeah, good to see you. Let's kick off Chodesh uh, El with uh, an in-depth look at Hilchot of the Rambam. Um, it's interesting uh, to note uh, that uh, the Rambam is possibly the first and one of the only Rishonim to, in to incorporate Hilchot the laws of repentance, into the world of Halakha. Uh, and not only the world of machshava, philosophy, or, or Jewish thought. Uh, similarly, Hilchot Dayot in the Rambam, which talks of, you know, and almost all of Sefer Mada for that uh, for that regard, um, is seen by the Rambam as halakha, not just a philosophical approach uh, to life. And so Hilchot Shuvah is, is similar. The Rambam incorporates it into the halachic compendium or encyclopedia that he wrote called the Mishnah Torah. Shukhan Aruch doesn't have Hilchot Shuva. I'm not sure 100% why. Um, we do know that the Shukhan Aruch never wrote uh, halachot that were not Noheg Bizman Lamaisa, which weren't practically uh, applicable in our day and age, and therefore left out the laws of Korbanot and Hilchot Melachim and the Dinim of Mashiach, etc. They're not in the Shukhan Aruch either. But um, what I don't fully grasp myself is uh, why the Shulchan Aruch left out uh, Hilchot Tshuva. It definitely is Lamaisa. Um, and maybe there's an approach to this particular idea. Why isn't it in the actual Shulchan Aruch? Um, perhaps this will, will enlighten ourselves on this idea as we go through the discussion defining the nature of the mitzvah of, of Tshuva. Um, is tshuva a mitzvah? This is the big question that we're going to be discussing tonight. And through our discussion of whether it is a mitzvah or not, uh, I think we'll uncover some very interesting nuances within the, within the concept. Um, what I'm going to share with you tonight, or much of what I'm going to share with you tonight, is really um, based on uh, shirim that I heard when I was, uh, when I was in yeshiva from uh, Rabbi Yamin Tavori Zatzal. Uh, he was one of my favorite Rabbonim uh, teachers at the, at the Gush. And uh, he, gave a, he gave a couple of shirim 
over the very over all the years that I was there. And so um, I'll just share with you what I remember and have in my notes on those particular shirim. Okay, now what we're going to look at is if I can ask you to, uh, you know, look at your the first pages there in um, in in the post in the bundle of pages, um, and you'll see that um, we are we're looking at uh, a copy of Hilchot Shuvah. I photocopied it from a, a Safer here with uh, with an English translation. So um, you might be familiar with 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 the, with the Safer, which is a, a lovely translation of the of the Mishnah Torah from Eliyahu Taga. And um, we'll have a look at at the opening lines of the Rambam in uh, in Hilchot So the Rambam begins uh, as follows: The Rambam tells us that Kol Mitzvot Shebatorah. Uh, every any mitzvah in the Torah, if a person violated any of them, you have to you have to do tshuva. Now that line that I just read is actually page two of the Rambam, and I want to go back to page one now because what's important about this discussion is to highlight the uniqueness of how the Rambam wrote his sefer. Um, it's interesting if you jumped on Safaria to get the sources out of there you won't see this first little heading that the Rambam has. Uh, you'll, you'll just start, as I started with Kol Mitzvot Shabbat Torah, the actual text of the Rambam. Um, but what's important to appreciate is that the Rambam himself wrote headings to each one of the entries of the sets of halachot that he has in the, you know, in the Mishnah Torah. So yeah, the very first page that you're looking at is the actual heading. It's not part of the body of the actual Mishnah Torah itself. It's not part of the body of the halachic text, but rather this is a heading, an opening, a defining statement about what to expect inside uh, the body of laws that follows. The Rambam does it every, uh, as an introduction to every single section of the Mishnah Torah. See how the Rambam writes, Hilchot Tshuva, Mitzvah Tasayachat, we are discussing one particular positive mitzvah, and that positive mitzvah is the, the real the mitzvah by definition is that a person has is obligated to return from his state of sin in front of Hashem and confess means to confess now here the Rambam has defined in the heading it's called the Koteret the Rambam is defined in the in the heading of Hilchot Tshuva. He defines the mitzvah that's being discussed, and um, yeah, he says in this in this in this uh, heading that there is a mitzvah called Tshuva, and the Tshuva is for the person to return from the state of sin or from sinning in front of Hashem, and uh, and do vidui and confess. So he tells us there are two verbs here. The, the two parts that we have to, the two action points here that we have to focus on. One is, is that that the, the sinner has to repent, which is the first action point is that there's a mitzvah called tshuva. And number two, he has to confess. So tshuva and confession are two verbs, and we have to 
uh, contemplate exactly the relationship between the the two parts of uh, of of these two components. Now, what's explicit in the in the Kotaret of the Rambam is that he thinks there's a mitzvah say called tshuva. There's a positive mitzvah to do tshuva. Now, we have to work out where is the source. Where is the source in the Torah where the Rambam, you know, got this idea from? What is the Makor Minat Torah for the mitzvah of tshuva? Now, I want to show it to you in the eyes of other Rishonim. And so if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the bundle that I gave you, uh, you, will, you will see there that um, there's, a, there's a photocopy of a translation of the Ramban and, um, and, 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 of, and of Rashi. Now, when you have a look at... Um, when you have a look at that at those translations, this is what I want you to to see. The first the first uh, photo the first copy or scan out of these uh, Mephorshim is the Ramban. I gave you the Ramban first, and um, the Ramban you can see comments on Perek Lamed Pasuk Yud Aleph, and yeah, in verse eleven the Torah states as follows. This commandment that I command you today, I'll scan, scan down just to get the actual words of the Pasuk. It's not hidden from you. Uh, the word niflate is interesting how to interpret it, but it's not distant from you. It's not, it's not impossible. It's not too wondrous for you, impossible to achieve. And it's not uh, far away from you. It doesn't exist in heaven that a person would say, that a person will say, who's going to bring it down to us? So that we'll be able to understand it and then perform it. This mitzvah, which hasn't been defined yet, this mitzvah that we're going to define is not is not impossible basically it's a poetic way in the Torah of saying it's not beyond us really really it's very very natural to you it's close to you it's 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 there for you to 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 seize to do it uh, it's in your mouth it's in your heart these are these descriptions are important and we'll get to them as we discuss it. Now, what mitzvah are we talking about here? What mitzvah is 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 uh, accessible to us? So, if you scroll back down to that, the first page of the Ramban. So, uh, we on the left hand, we on the left hand page. You see the Ramban in Hebrew is in the middle. Is in the column that's just underneath the translation, and then there's Ramban elucidated the art scrolls, done us a great job and translated it for us. Um, but the Ramban says, when we are told Kia mitzvah zot, this mitzvah, we would we would possibly think that it's talking about the the idea of keeping all of Torah or learning all of Torah. Um, but he says Kia mitzvah zot isn't. Al Kula. 
Vanachon, meaning what is more correct in Mars is that, you know, if the Torah would have wanted to tell us that Torah itself, Torah observance or Torah study, it's talking about the entire Torah was under discussion and defined by the word Hazot, Mitzvah Hazot. Uh, Hazot is too particular. It would have just said, Kola Torah, Kola Mitzvah. Like it said in other places. But the fact that it said a mitzvah hazot, a very specific mitzvah, says the Ramban, I understand it to be ala tshuva aniskera, or aniskeret. It's, uh, it really is it's what's being mentioned here, the mitzvah which is not impossible, the mitzvah which is accessible. It's all about the mitzvah of tshuva. And so this is the Ramban's interpretation. You know, the, the psukim that preceded this whole discussion of kya mitzvah hazot, are all talking about tshuva as well, so it makes it makes a lot of sense. It fits into to how the Ramban interprets here. And in fact, if you um, just scroll up uh, and you get the last few last phrase of these psukim pasuk yedaled, where the mitzvah that we are speaking about, and in the through the eyes of the Ramban, the mitzvah is tshuva. This mitzvah kikaro davar mohod, it is very accessible for you. It's a uh, you know, it's something that you can do. Uh, now the Ramban, the Ramban's interpretation really gives us a bit of shape because the mitzvah of tshuva as described by the Rambam had two action points. One was, you know, that you'd have to, you'd have to do it in, you'd have to do tshuva and the other was to confess. Now confession is done with, with your mouth. You have to verbalize what you did wrong. Is your whole mindset, is your whole approach, your your heart, and so bilvavcha um, refers to tshuva, the resolve to repent, and beficha, you know, refers to the actual uh, verbal confession, the vidui. So if you interpret kiamitzvah azot like the Ramban does, is referring to the mitzvah of tshuva, our original question, uh, you know, is uh, has one approach, and that is. We asked, where's the makor? Where's the source in the Torah that there's a mitzvah called tshuva? And the answer is, uh, at least according to the Ramban, he has the answer. The, the, the set of psukim, kia mitzvah hazot, is this mitzvah of tshuva, is karove lecha hadavar mo'od. It's very doable. For us to to engage in it and to, to verbally confess. So that would work really well. And uh, if we interpreted the, the, the Psukim like the Ramban, um, you know, we're, we're okay, we're good. It makes sense, we have a source, we have a definition that there's a mitzvah called tshuva and uh, it underpins the way to do it is that there's a, there's, a, there's a part of us, there's an intellectual, emotional buy-in to the concept of repentance. And there's also a formal uh, verb uh, or action of confession. Now, this is very nice because the Ramban fits it in very well. However, now if you scroll down to the last two pages in the in the bundle, yeah, again we we use an art scroll translation of these psukim with Rashi's comment. So the left hand page, towards the the bottom, you see where it says Shishi, you know, Kia Mitzvah Azot Asher Nochim Yom. Same psukim that we just read, 
Rashi now makes a comment. It's not niflaiti, is it's not um, hidden from you. So the, the Rashi says, it's not uh, covered up, it's not camouflaged. You know, you, you have access to it. Um, in verse 12, it's not in heaven. Um, and says Rashi, for it were, if, for if it were in the heavens, you, you wouldn't be able to get out of it. You'd have to go and do it. You'd have to, you'd have to chase it, even, in, even up to Shamayim, which is obviously a metaphor. But what are you, you going to do? What's the mitzvah? And to learn it. So even from this word itself, Rashi is telling you that the Kiyah Mitzvah Hazot, which is not impossible, but even if it was, you'd have, you'd have to chase it, is Talmud Torah. And um, if we, uh, if we carry on, if we scroll up um, and we go into Rashi's commentary there again, the, the rather the matter is very near to you. This refers to the Torah which was given to you in writing and orally. So you see that um, the way Rashi interprets is not a mitzvah of tshuva. But rather, it's the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, and this mitzvah shouldn't uh, scare, scare us off. That seems impossible. It seems so much. It seems, you know, but but uh, it's not. So Rashi tells us, you know, it's uh, it's really fine. You know, you'll be able to you'll be able to deal with it. So don't uh, don't don't worry about it. So Rashi presents another way of reading those psukim. mitzvah azot. So the, going back to the original question, where's the source that there's a mitzvah in our Torah to do tshuva? It's not so clear that, that what the Ramban quoted is agreed, is agreed on by everybody. Uh, other Rishonim learn ki mitzvah azot as referring to Talmud Torah. And here we saw one example, Rashi, um, uh, you know, who, who learns it this way. Now, the interesting point is, is that the Rambam himself, the Rambam also learns that these psukim, kia mitzvah azot, lo it's not inaccessible to you. Um, the, and the Rambam also learns that this is referring to the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, just like Rashi. Uh, the Rambam is in, uh, in Hilchot Talmud Torah, Peregimel, Halachachet, there the Rambam quotes these psukim, that Torah is not uh, inaccessible to us, lo um, and he interprets those psukim to, to, to be talking about Talmud Torah uh, as well. So according to the Rambam now, we still don't have a source for the mitzvah of tshuva in the Torah. We, we at first thought, well, the Ramban had a, you know, fit so well, but it's clear that the Rambam doesn't learn like this and, and neither does Rashi. They've used these psukim, kia mitzvah zot, to refer to Talmud Torah. And when the Torah tells us that the study of Torah, even though it looks impossible, but it isn't, uh, it's very, very doable. Um, it's interesting that the nuances that are brought down by the various commentaries as to what that means, that Torah is accessible. It's like, well, what exactly do those metaphors you know, drive at? 
Well, there are a number of midrashim which uh, which would probably support an understanding of this, and that is as follows: There's a famous midrash which we probably all know, and the midrash says that you know Hashem created the world by uh, you know first the Torah came. There was a blueprint of Torah, whatever that means. It's as if a Torah was Hashem's mind, and Hashem looked into the Torah and and created created the world, and so the entire world really. Uh, all its information is embodied in, in, in Torah. And uh, if we are wired such that as, uh, you know, that we are wired as, as people, as Jews, who Anushama has got already uh, an access to, to Torah, then that's what it means. Torah is accessible to us because we are naturally good at it. We are, we have, Anushamas have been wired like this. And this, um, this particular idea is very, very explicit in the Gemara that we're familiar with in Masechet Nida, Daf Lamed, where the Gemara says that uh, just before uh, the Neshama is joined to the body and the, and the baby is born, the Neshama knows all of the entire Torah. Hashem teaches the Neshama all, all of Torah. Uh, and therefore, at that point in time, you know, the, the Torah is mamish inside the DNA of the Neshama. And then the Malach comes and uh, taps us on the, on the, on the lip and we forget all the Torah that we learned, and we now have to go and learn it again, and uh, you know, and reacquire the Torah knowledge that we had. But what's that whole story about? Well, the story is is that uh, we should know that 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 Torah is not far from us. We had it once. We embodied it. We understood it. It was part and parcel of our very being. And even though Hashem's now given us a challenge to to go and you know, relearn it and restudy and, and get it back. But uh, the blueprint is there. The imprint is still there. And therefore, it's It's not impossible to learn, not impossible to get knowledge. Uh, Talmud Torah is natural to the neshama, the neshama of a Jew. And if we just, uh, we say it over, and Bilvavcha, we start to understand, uh, we should understand that, that, that that's why these psukim are talking about uh, Talmud Torah, Kamitz Vazot, the whole idea of Torah study is you know, it's very close to us. Okay, so very nice. We've explained how Rashi and the Rambam would uh, learn these psukim. It's talking about Talmud Torah and not talking about Tshuva like the Rambam. But now we've got to, now we've got to ask the same question from the, the Rambam. You know, what, what, you know, what's the Rambam source? If it's not this, so... Uh, you know, what, what does the Rambam think about the mitzvah of Shuvah and where do we see a source, you know, for this particular, particular mitzvah? Now, before, I, uh, before we actually answer this, what we need to do is we need to go back to the very first page in the bundle there where we read out the, the heading of the Rambam and we'll read the heading again and then we'll go to the actual body of text of the Rambam, of the Rambam itself. So the Rambam again, Hilchot Tshuva, tells us what the mitzvah is. There's one positive mitzvah, you know, that um, that is under discussion in all these ten chapters of Hilchot that a person has to repent from his sins in front of Hashem, and and confess. And the next line goes, and the 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 explanation of this mitzvah. The karima nigrarimi mabiglala, and all the principles that uh, that define it, 
Bifrakim Elu are going to be discussed in these coming chapters. Okay, that's the that's the, the quartet of the Rambam, that's the heading. Now we go into the body of the actual text itself. So yeah, the the Rambam says as follows. Um Torah, say with regard to all the mitzvahs in the Torah, positive or negative, if a person violated any one of them, whether intentionally or unintentionally, when he embarks upon a process of repentance and uh, repents from his sin, he has to uh, confess in front of Hashem, which tells us in full that if anyone transgresses a sin, uh, they have to do vidui uh, about the, the sin that they had committed. And this this means that there's a verbal confession. And vidu is there, mitzvah asay. Confessing like this verbally uh, is, is by definition a positive commandment. Vidu is there, mitzvah asay. Now, this is, this is how the Rambam writes it. Now, yeah, here's the problem. The Rambam seems to say that there's no mitzvah of tshuva. Because if you read the sentence and you focus on the, the phrase, when somebody violates an Avera, when he wants to do tshuva, then if you want to know how to do it, you have to confess. You need to do vidui. But this is a very, very unusual or cumbersome way of describing what's going on here. Like it's, it's like, you know, when he repents, like, when he wants to do it, and if he doesn't want to, so he might not have to. This is a this is this is how some of them of Horshim look and read the Rambam. They uh, they feel that the Rambam actually does not think that there's a an actual positive mitzvah called tshuva. The, the mitzvah sort of fits into a category of a mitzvah that we have um, in in general. We we. Uh, we talk about positive commandments and negative commandments. Uh, we talk about commandments vis-a-vis -vis, uh, God, vis-a-vis -vis man. We have all these different classifications of different types of commandments. But there's a, an interesting uh, umbrella or category of, of mitzvot. And uh, we would call them mitzvot harashut, which means voluntary mitzvot. You don't have to do them, but if you want, if you want to achieve a certain result, you have to do it this way. But if you don't want to do them, you don't have to do it. Depending on a, on a situation. So let's give examples of some of these particular mitzvahs, right? So let's say for guys wearing a, wearing a, wearing tzitzit on, on a four-cornered garment, okay? So there the Torah tells us, if you have a four-cornered garment, then put on the tzitzit. What happens if a, a guy decides... I don't, I don't want a four-cornered garment. You know, in the old days, four-cornered garments were, you know, stock standard uh, issue. But when it comes to our day and age, who wears a four-cornered garment? Nobody really wears a four-cornered garment. 
So, so why would I, why would I want one? Well, the truth is, if you, if, if strictly speaking, if you don't want to wear a four-cornered garment, you don't have to. And then you won't have to have to put on the mitzvah tzitzit because you're not wearing a four-cornered garment. You don't have to go and buy a four-cornered garment in order to obligate yourself in the midst of tzitzit. That is the strict halacha. However, Am Israel feel uh, very shemzach if they don't, you know, put their, their foot forward and actually go and buy a four-cornered garment. It's so easy to be, uh, be, be clothed with a mitzvah uh, all the time. Every second we're wearing this uh, pair of tzitzit. There's a mitzvah over here. And it's so easy to do this mitzvah, even though we don't have to, we've developed a minag among Israel that we do. And so, you know, every, every, every good Jewish boy will, will be taught it's a mitzvah to go and, you know, to wear tzitzit. The technical details, we, we don't uh, fully express when we first are kids and learn about the commandment. Later on, we get a bit cleverer about it and we, we, we get into discussion about the issue of it. But we all taught, hey, this is a mitzvah. Put it on. Put on a pair of tzitzit. The real truth is, is only when you have the four-corner garment do you have to put on tzitzit. We just volunteer ourselves in the midst of, of tzitzit. It's a mitzvah and therefore we want to go and do it. But you don't have to. Uh, the same thing would be true about uh, a number of mitzvot, a mezuzah. So we say like this, if you have a house and you have an actual doorway, which the doorway follows the halachic parameters of, you know, of, of being what we call a tzura tapetach. You know, you've got a lintel on top of, you know, two side beams. Then you have to put in a mezuzah. What, what, let's say you want to live in a tent. You want to live in a tent. Your whole life, you live in a tent. You know, do you have to put a mezuzah on the entrance of the tent? No. There's not tzura tapetach there in the tent. You know, so... Uh, do you have to live in a house in order to put in a mezuzah? No. But if you want to live in a house, then you're obligated to put in a mezuzah. If you want to eat meat, you have to shecht it. But if you decide to become vegetarian and not eat meat ever in your life, okay, that's your choice. But you don't have to guard your way to shecht. Shechting is only a mitzvah if you want to eat, eat meat. To give you a, an extreme example, um, there's a mitzvah if a couple cannot stand living together anymore there's a mitzvah for them to get divorced you know, in other words if the marriage is, is totally broken down bringing out the worst in everybody and the two people don't want to stay married then it's not just they're able to get divorced they should get divorced there's a mitzvah to get divorced to have two people fighting each other bringing out the worst of each other and, and, and damaging each other that's not what marriage is about so you finish it you 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 know you created a an agreement between you you now you can, you can cancel that agreement through the, the principles of a get. But giving a get is one of the mitzvahs in the Torah. But, but you don't see any of us running around divorcing our wives. And then, you know, because we haven't done that particular mitzvah. If you have to do the mitzvah, then you do it. Now, so there are many mitzvot or right like that, where if you want to achieve a certain result, you have to go and do, you have to do it in a certain way. And same thing over here. Yeah, it sounds like if a person wants to become close to Hashem again, you know, you've, you've violated many Averot and you want to come close to Hashem again. Well, the only way to come close to Hashem is to do tshuva. So when you want to do tshuva, the way to do it, you know, is 
through the vehicle of vidui. But if you want to, if you don't want to do tshuva, you know, if you don't want to change your, you don't have to. There's no mitzvah of actual tshuva. Now that's how many want to interpret what the Rambam has said over here. The problem is, is that it's true. It sounds like this is closer or closest to, to, to correctly interpreting the Rambam in the actual text of the halachas over here. But what do we do with the Koteret? I mean, when we opened our discussion at this point in time here, you know, what have we, what have we said? We said the Koteret, Koteret is the heading. The heading is clear that there's a mitzvah called tshuva. It says there's mitzvah asayachat, the, you know, the, the, and um, that's the main clause. That the sinner should do tshuva. That's the main clause of the sentence. And the and the subordinate and the subordinate clause, the secondary clause is the yitvadeh, and he should do vidui. So the koteret seems to be telling us, in the words of the Rambam, that there for sure is a mitzvah called tshuva. And in the actual body of the text, the the impression that's that's strongest is that um, there's no mitzvah. The mitzvah is a mitzvah arushut. If you want to, then you do the mitzvah, then you do the tshuva. And if not, you don't have to do tshuva. But if you want to do the tshuva, you know, that's you have to do it by, by confessing. Now, many Gedolim who learned the Rambam like this, and uh, when, they, when they wrote on the, in their own commentaries on the Rambam, this is what they claimed. They claimed that the Rambam, we should, there's, you know, the Rambam should be understood via the text in the actual body of the halachas. So when you... When you look at these, you know, there's, there's a, there are a whole number of them, but one of the famous gedolim is the Minchat Chinuch. There's another sefer on the Rambam called Davod HaTamelech. Um, uh, they, they all wrote commentaries on the Rambam, and they all say yeah, the Rambam holds that there's no mitzvah called tshuva, uh, you know, um, and, uh, and, and, and that's the story. Now, what's interesting is, is that when, when these commentaries write about what the Rambam thinks, they say the Rambam feels there's no mitzvah called tshuva. But they ignore the heading. In other words, we don't know what they think about the heading. It's as if the heading is just, uh, you know, okay, if we have to choose, we're going to choose the actual text itself. But Rav Cook actually, Rav Cook wrote a, wrote a sefer called Mishpat Kohen, and, and he agrees with the reading of the Rambam, just like the Minchat Chinuch and Navot Aramelech, uh, he agreed with them. Uh, but Rav, what's unique about Rav Cook's comment is, but he added a comment about the Koteret. The others ignored the heading. But Rav Cook said, I don't want to do with the heading. You know, he brought it up. He said, I'm stuck. You know, not sure what to do with the Koteret. Um, but he was convinced that the Rambam holds that there's no mitzvah called tshuva. Now, why would there be no mitzvah called tshuva? So Rav Cook basically said as follows. He says, well, we have mitzvot. We violate those mitzvot. All we have to do to do tshuva is to recommit to the original Sivui Hashem. Hashem commands us, keep kosher. We, God forbid, violate the mitzvah. We eat treif. So yesterday we ate treif. Today we want to do tshuva. So how do we do tshuva? Well, we just decide not to do it again. And so 
really we just recommit to every mitzvah that was commanded us. So there doesn't need to be a mitzvah called tshuva. You know, the mitzvah of not eating treif, you know, that's, that's our decision to commit. That will be in and of itself the mitzvah of tshuva. So, so it, the, the, there doesn't have to be a specific independent mitzvah called tshuva. All there has to be is a recommitment to the original mitzvahs that we violated. Now, he, the Rav Cook quotes a very sharp comment uh, from, from the Chida. The Chida, Rav Chaim Yosef David Azulai, one of the famous Svardi uh, Goinim, um, he added something very, very sharp. And he said like this, if you look in, in the Torah, we all know that there are certain Averot which are called serious, severe Averot, and others which are of less punishable stature. So you have a person violates eating tray, for example. So if you were warned by witnesses, you know, you'd get, uh, you'd get lashes. That would be, there'd be some corporal punishment, you know, for doing that. If a person broke Shabbos and, uh, and they were warned, then there's a chiyuv mita, stoning. So you can see there's a difference over there, a huge difference in the level of punishment that in theory is applicable to, to violation of certain, of, of, of Averot, when all the parameters are there, including witnesses and they warn you, etc. Now, there are rules about which Averot you get lashes for, which you get malkut for. One of the interesting details about mitzvot that you can get a la lashes for uh, or you don't get lashes for is a mitzvah called is a is a love called love which means that if you have no physical act if you have no physical action that's appended to a particular violation you don't get any any malkot now just to give an example you know if you left a, a chomet cake in the freezer over pesach you know, you, you, you didn't do anything, but you but the, the cake of chomets wasn't sold in our scenario. And all that happened was is the cake stayed in the freezer and Pesach passed through. So on the other end of Pesach, you know, you now, are you liable for Malkot or no? Well, what, what Maisa did you do? Was there any action? No, there's no Maisa. Anyway, another rule besides Love Shain Bomaise doesn't get Malkot. Another rule which is applicable to what I want to uh, share with you, and that is that we have a, a, a concept which says that any, any violation of a law which can be repaired, a love hanita klase, if you do a you do a, a negative command, you violate an Avera, but you can fix it up if you want to. So uh, the Torah tells you how to rectify the problem. So, so let's say, for example, you know, a person steals. That's a violation of an Aveda, for sure. Lotig Novu, not allowed to steal. But the Torah says that if a person wants to, you know, if you want to give back the stolen article and you return the stolen article, then fantastic, you've, you've repaired the damage. And because... The Torah tells you how to solve the problem, how to repair the violation. There's a technical detail that uh, lava nitaklase, that's what it's called, 
a love which is able to be re, to be repaired, you know, through a mitzvah say. You know, you know the the shavat the geneva. Then you can uh, then then you wouldn't get malkut. So just bear with me as I, as as the chiddush sort of drops into place. This is what the chidah says. It's really sharp. The chidah felt that if tshuva was a mitzvah, an independent mitzvah, I say, then you'd have a situation where a person violates an avera, and automatically he has a mitzvah to do tshuva, which will fix it up, and the mitzvah of tshuva will turn every single avera into a lavanitak say because the Torah told you don't do something, but if you do do something, you can fix it, you can repair it by doing tshuva. And so if that, if tshuva was a real mitzvah, there would be no such thing as malkot because, because the rule is there's no, there's only corporal punishment. You only get lashes for, you know, for a, a violation of an avera, which you can't fix up. But if tshuva is a mitzvah in the Torah that you have to fix it up, then it becomes a love anita and because it becomes a love anita there will be never an opportunity for there to be corporal punishment. But we know we have malkot, we we have it. So the chida says, well, it must be there's no mitzvah of tshuva. That's that's the the sharp approach to understanding what um, what was going on over here. So um, anyway, this is this is the big discussion. This is a big discussion that we have on this opening line of the Rambam. You know, we, uh, we, we, we basically are, we stuck over here at this point in time with many, many Gedolium trying to uh, tell us what the Rambam holds. But, uh, and, and to the best of my knowledge, the vast majority hold that the Rambam thinks that there's no mitzvah, no official mitzvah called Tshuva. And we understood from Rav Cook that it's probably because uh, you don't need tshuva. All you have to do is keep the mitzvah. So therefore, there doesn't need to be an independent mitzvah called tshuva. Um, so we're still stuck here with the apparent contradiction between the heading of the Rambam and the actual text of the halachas in Hilfah Tshuva itself. Now, um, in order to, to share with you this chidush, uh, Rav Salavaychik wrote a book called Ala Tshuva, and in the Seyper, he has and he has a, an essay on this particular point. And, uh, and yeah, Rav Sarvachik felt very differently uh, about the Rambam's position than, than most of the, the commentaries that we quoted. And Rav Sarvachik felt like this. He says, what's important to appreciate is that whenever one performs a mitzvah, we do so by an action which brings about the fulfillment of the mitzvah. But we, we can divide any mitzvah into two parts. In, in, in analytic terminology, in, in Lomdisha terms, we have what's called the physical act of the mitzvah. That is known as the maiseh a mitzvah. The maiseh is an action. Whenever you have a mitzvah, there's always an action that's associated with that mitzvah. The Maisa Mitzvah. Then there's a second component to the Mitzvah called a Kiyuma Mitzvah, which is the fulfillment of the actual precept or value. 
there's the physical action and there's the result. There's the there's the there's the fulfillment. You know? Uh now the reason why it's not so familiar to us to see that any mitzvah in, in these two component parts is because usually the Maisa mitzvah, the actual physical act, and the Kiruma mitzvah are simultaneous. You know, one picks up a lulav, the Maisa is picking up the lulav, um, and, and, and the Kiyum, the fulfillment of the mitzvah, is picking up the lulav. So the minute you actually do the physical act, you automatically fulfill the mitzvah. Eating matzah, you know, the Maisa is to eat the matzah. And the kium is to eat the matzah. So the mice and the kium come together. And that's that's how most mitzvahs are. And therefore, we, we, we don't naturally see a mitzvah divided into its component parts. But it's interesting that whenever there's a mitzvah that requires somebody to engage emotionally, intellectually with something, you'll find that these two components are actually quite visible. Let's take the mitzvah to Daven, Tfilah. The Rambam holds that the concept of Tfilah is Doraita. Right. Okay. That's how the Rambam interprets. Now, what's the mice of Davening? What's the actual physical activity you do when you Daven? Well, you say the words. Now, you know, um, you say the words, but you know that the mitzvah is not to say the words. The mitzvah is, it's avodah, avodah shebalev. There's a relationship between ourselves and Akosh Baruch Hu that has to result out of us saying those words. So sometimes the saying of the words and the actual fulfillment of building the relationship are not simultaneous. You know, you can, you can, you can, it takes time to build that to build up the relationship. So uh, if you if you start davening, but then you lose focus, you're daydreaming. You just like your mind just, you know, kicks out. So did you say the words? Yeah, you said the words. Did you do avodah? Avodah shebalev? Did you have any emotional engagement? Absolutely not. You know, there's no inner religious experience when you just say the words and you're not focused. But the Maisa Mitzvah, the actual physical act, you know, is to say the words, and that you did. So the Maisa mitzvah in davening is to say the words. The kiyum, the fulfillment of the mitzvah, is really intellectual, emotional, you know, avodah in your heart. Now, same thing with kriyachma. The mitzvah is not to say the words. The fulfillment of the mitzvah is not to say the words. Rather, the, 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 the idea, the fundamental principle behind the recital of Shema is Kabbalat accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. If you just said the words, you know, you did the Maisa Mitzvah, you know, without any Kavona, well, there's no Kiyum. You know, you have to have a religious experience. So this is why the Rambam says, you know, Tfila without Kavana is, is no Tfila. The question is, of course, how much Tfila you actually have, how much Kavana you have to have. Reb Chaim Briska explained that um, what the Rambam meant was that you don't have to know every single word what it means, but you have to know in general what's happened. 
there has to be a, a basic understanding of what you're doing. And if a person's davening Musaf on Shabbos, you know, so if I asked you to translate the words, Tikanta Shabbat Ratzita Korbanotea, you know, you're going to think, oh, God, I don't know what that means. I say it every week, but I can't really translate it without the heart scroll. But if I ask you what you're doing in the middle of Musaf on a Shabbos, you'll say, well, you know, in the temple, they used to bring a korban, and this is the, this is the description of it. But you don't have to know every single word, as long as you know in general. But in principle, this is what a person has to understand, that there are certain mitzvot where it's quite, it's, it's, it's much more uh, visible to see the two different components. You know, there's the action, and then there's the, then there's the, the emotional, uh, intellectual, there's the relationship with Akosh Baruch Hu. You know, and, it, and it sometimes doesn't come immediately. Ideally, of course, you want to bring it Im immediately, but sometimes they they're different, and you can see that they you can see that they're different. They're not the same. You know, if a person, uh, God forbid, has to sit shiva, you know, so there are many things that we do, you know, to to impress upon us the loss of uh, of a loved one. So one of the one of the interesting, well, one of the mitzvot, one of the dinim of availut is to do kriya. You you tear a garment. You demonstrate that there's, you know, it cannot be that a, 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 a close family member uh, passed away and there's no rip in the fabric of your life. And that's so you. So you tear kriya. Now, if a person tore kriya but felt nothing, you felt absolutely no emotion. You you, you felt no emotion attached to the kriya. Would that be a fulfillment of uh, of hilchot avelut? I mean, there's the Misa, the act, but then you're supposed to have, something's got to come with it. So if you do the action and you're supposed to be expressing grief, but you have no emotional buy-in, well, is that, is that really a kiyum mitzvah? The Misa is there, but the kiyum, the kiyum is not there. Now, here comes the Chirush of Rasulavetik. He says like this, he says, now that we understand that every mitzvah has two components, the physical action and then there's the, 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 the fulfillment of the mitzvah. So, so the Rav says, this is, this is what I think the Rambam is driving at. The Rambam in the Koteret, the Rambam in the heading, go through the entire Rambam and you should find that the Rambam expresses what the Kiyum mitzvah is in the Halachot under discussion. That's, that, you know, that's the that's what the, that's what the, the what you call the, the, the Rambam is going to do. He's going to express in the Koteret what the Kiyum is. So when you, when you open up the, the laws of Tshuva and you say, what am I going to achieve? What's the result? What's the religious experience that I'm going to have if I fulfill these halachot? Well, your aim should be to repent from your sins in front of Akosh Baruch Hu and to confess. The, the, the aim, the Kiyuma Mitzvah, that is what the Rambam puts in all of his headings. And then the Rav suggests, whereas in the Halachot, the Rambam is going to tell you what the Maisea Mitzvah is. What's the actual act? And whenever there's this dichotomy where the Maisea and Kiyum are not simultaneous or they differ, this is what the Rambam will do. The Koteret is a listing of mitzvot. So the Rambam will tell you what mitzvah you have in the Kiyuma mitzvah. The halachot, in the actual text, 
They will tell you what you have to do, what the my summit is. And with this analysis of, of Rav Soloveitchik, we go back to, to Hechotshuva. The Koteret expresses the Kiyuma Mitzvah, i.e. Tshuva. And the Maisa is the Vidui. You know, that's, that's really, that's what he's trying to tell you. But the Kiyum is the relationship with HaKosh Baruch Hu. So uh, this, is, this is what, this is the resolution that the Rav had to resolve the apparent contradiction in the Rambam between the heading and the actual Halacha. So if you ask Rav Soloveitchik, what does he think? The Rambam holds. Is there a mitzvah called tshuva or not? He says, Vadai, there's a mitzvah called tshuva. An independent mitzvah called tshuva. And he thinks the Rambam thinks that way too. Because in the heading of the of the of the of the of Hilchot Tshuva, the Rambam said there has to be a, a, an independent mitzvah called tshuva. Ah, but in the actual body of the text, the Rambam phrased it when you want to do tshuva, then you have to confess. Why do you do it like that? So he says, because he says that the maisa of the mitzvah is, is, is expressed. That's what you have to do. But the actual kiyuma mitzvah is v'yashuv mecheto. And therefore, there's no contradiction between, between the, the, the heading of the Rambam and the actual body of, of, of the text. That's, uh, and the Rambam thinks in the Sarabajik's eyes that there is a mitzvah culture. Now, we'll, we'll leave it here for this evening, but basically, what we've tried to describe as we get into this, into the text of the Rambam, is that there's um, a lot what to analyze here about the nature of the mitzvah, and we'll see implications about how we view the mitzvah of tshuva going forward based on what we've learned. So I would say that, to the best of my knowledge, most commentaries on the Rambam think that he doesn't think there's a mitzvah I say. They, 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 they take the, they focus on the actual words of the actual the halachas of the Rambam in the Mishnah Torah itself, and it sounded like he had the mitzvah of tshuva as a as a as a volunteer as a volunteer mitzvah mitzvah arushut. If you want to do it, then good. If you want to do it, do it this way. Um, whereas Rav Cook, who noticed the contradiction between the Koteret, said he didn't know how to resolve it, but he, he agreed with the others that the Rambam. He didn't think the Rambam felt there was an independent mitzvah. And he gave a suggestion that we spoke out as to why that was so. Recommitment to the mitzvah that's already been given is tshuva in and of itself. You don't need an independent mitzvah called tshuva. But, but the way that Rav Soloveitchik was interpreting was that you, you have to have a mitzvah called tshuva. There's got to, a person's got to repair the relationship with Akosh Baruch Hu. The kiyum of the mitzvah is to the repair relationship. The mindset, the way you do it, is through, is through vidui. And therefore, he felt that the Rambam wasn't contradicting himself in the halachas uh, and the koteret. He was just telling you how and what to do, what the maise is and what the, the kiyum is. And he, he spoke it out in, in the koteret, the kiyum, and in the words of the, of the halachas, the actual maise mitzvah. Anyway, this is uh, an introduction to the laws of tshuva of the Rambam. And uh, we'll, continue, we'll continue next week with regard to how we understand the nature of this mitzvah of tshuva, what is the great impact that vidui has, why is confession so majorly important to the mitzvah of tshuva, and uh, what are the actual practical components of the, the mitzvah of tshuva as well. And so um, we'll return to, to the second half of Halacha Aleph 
where the Rambam tells us, Kaitzad Mitvadin, how does one confess? What does confession contain? So we'll go through, the, we'll start going through that uh, next week. Uh, if there are any questions, you're welcome to, um, to put them on the chat. Um, otherwise, I hope you enjoyed the, the study of the Rambam Zilchotshuva, and we'll see you next week. Okay. Take care, everyone. Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. All right. So much. Have a black man. Yes, good night. Take care. All the best. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers.